This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Well, QP4500, the union that represents transit supervisors, including ones that uh, oversee bus drivers and mechanics, uh, is threatening to expand its current uh, overtime work ban to shutting down all bus services starting uh, at 3 a.m. on Monday, January uh, 22nd. Um, here is Liam O'Neill, who is the national representative of QP4500. Take a listen. We have said if Coast Mountain did not return to the table, we would have no choice but to escalate our strike action. That time is unfortunately here. So, unless the settlement is reached in the coming days, QP 4,500 members will be escalating our strike action to get a fair deal that we deserve. QP 4,500 will be withdrawing all services from Coast Mountain Bus Company as of 3 a.m. Monday, January 22nd for 48 hours. What this means is that passengers in the Lower Mainland can expect the suspension of all buses and the C-Bus for the two-day withdrawal. Now, wages have been the key issue at the bargaining table. Uh, the Coast Mountain Bus Company uh, has said that they've offered wage increases that are consistent with other public sector settlements and consistent with what all other uh, Coast Mountain Bus Company unions have accepted. They, they say the union is demanding that all their members receive wage increases being between 20 and 25%. Uh, that is the usual comments you generally hear from employers and uh, the union groups, so let them uh, figure that out at the bargaining table. But wages have been the key issue at the bargaining table, but there's no doubt this is going to be, if they do move ahead in this case, QP Local 4500, significant disruption uh, to individuals as they head to work and, and many other places. Joining me on to talk about uh, this potential strike is Dennis Agar. He's the Executive Director for Movement for the Metro Vancouver Transit Riders. Uh, Dennis, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Uh, what's this mean in your mind with uh, what we've heard over the last 24 hours or so? What impact do you see occurring uh, for uh, transit users? Well, you know, you and I can both guess. We we will all hope for a, a resolution um, at the last minute. But, you know, if it does come to pass, the last thing transit riders need is a strike right now. You know, buses move the majority of transit riders in this region. And over the last year, we've seen bus ridership come roaring back. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, buses are moving slower than ever due to congestion. And, um, and I think that congestion is really putting riders and transit supervisors under the same kind of strain. You know, there's a bit of unpredictability, which with, in terms of, you know, how crowded the road's going to be. Um, and so in addition to bus lanes to tame that kind of chaos, I think we also need ultimately more transit supervisors to, to help react to that kind of chaos. Hmm. And so do you think with, with what uh, the union's asking for these transit supervisors, it's the right thing to ask for, it's the right direction to go in? I mean, yeah, from I'm kind of reading the same press quotes that you are, and mm-hmm. um, it seems like they're asking for for more money, and both sides say that they're uh, they're offering the the right amount of money. I have no idea yeah. what that situation is going on, but um, what I've heard from transit supervisors as well is that they they need relief, they need more 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 of them. Um, and I think that's uh, that's really uh, 
I think, the accurate response to the current situation that we're seeing on the roads here with more riders and, and more congestion. Uh, and, you know, we've had, uh, uh, you know, different representatives in regards to our trans- uh, talking about our transit system on the show over the mm-hmm. past year or so. And, and there are parts of Vancouver that are almost back to where things were when it comes to COVID ridership prior to COVID coming. And in some cases, even in south of the Fraser, where they're 120% above where they were prior to COVID. Mm-hmm. So the region's different, but the growth level and the use of transit uh, because of the expense of living in this city just continues to go up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for someone like me, it's really beautiful to see. And, you know, I don't know if you remember in 2020, but people were talking as though transit was dead, that it would never come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's nice to see that people are, are coming back, but TransLink hasn't had any kind of increase in, in the number of buses or the, the amount of bus service they can provide. That's been flat since 2019. Um, and with the congestion that I've been talking about, um, every bus can run fewer trips because it takes longer mm-hmm. because of that roadway congestion. So um, with the service being flat since 2019, they're actually providing less capacity for people. So we've heard crazy overcrowding on routes like the 49 and the 323, um, just really beyond um, the level of crowding in 2019, which was it was already bad back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess the other challenge in, uh, challenges that we've had Brad West on, who was with the Metro Vancouver Board uh, mm. in regards to TransLink, mayors were just speaking, I think it was last week or the week prior, you know, looking for new levels of funding and commitment mm-hmm. for funding from the federal and provincial governments. They need about $700 million in the near future to move forward. Add to that, uh, you know, a movement from uh, conventional fueled vehicles to electric vehicles. And every time somebody mm-hmm. buys an EV, they're not playing that, uh, paying that TransLink tax mm-hmm. of 18 and a half cents per liter. The funding of our transit system, whether it's buses or SkyTrains, whatever it may be, it looks like that is at its core an existential challenge for the region. It's not only just you know, more money from the feds that are required, which I think they'll be balking at. And then on top of that, as I said, every time somebody buys an EV, that's one less a person paying the transit tax to fund the system. Yeah, that's true. You know, I bought one last year myself. And, um, uh, you know, we've got so many people in this region trying to do the right thing, right? Like we hear from riders that are getting left behind by the bus, not just one bus, but four buses pass them and they're all full and they can't get on. We've got so many people in this region clamoring to do the right thing and take the bus, um, and we don't have enough buses to provide to them. I think it, it really makes sense for our region's residents, but also our region's economy to really invest in transit and put a lot more money into it. Mm-hmm. I would love it if the feds ponied up. Uh, I think we also need the province and the munis to pony up. Um, what I would really hate to see is um, fares going up, and fares being like leaned on heavily to make up that gap um, because I just don't think riders can take it. Yeah. Well, it's going to be very interesting this weekend. Hopefully there's a deal and uh, we can avert uh, the situation Monday morning because the impact on uh, the public, first of all, the region, our community, we've just gone through a couple of days of snow and it's already impacting our ability to move around the region and we don't need a strike as well. So fingers crossed that we can come to a deal, that's for sure. Uh, Dennis, yeah. as always, thank you so much for your time. <laughs> My pleasure. And let me know if you got any more of those uh, dine-out gift cards.